Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where we share stories from entrepreneurs from around the world about how they're creating an impactful legacy. I'm your host, Casey Clark, and also the Chief Growth Officer at C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Michelle Newman, who is the founder of the New Mid Academy, as well as the host of the New Mid podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. You are absolutely welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, thank you for the wonderful intro. I am the founder of the New Mid Academy, like you said, and the host of the New Mid podcast, because I am all about helping midlife women raise their mindset, motivation, and finding clarity in their second half. And how this all started was, um, I live out here in Maryland, uh, Frederick, Maryland, and I, I used to work in Hollywood for over 20 years. And the last job I had was vice president of CBS Daytime. And we coveted the 18 to 49-year-old age group because that is what the advertisers wanted. So when I turned 49, I was so depressed. I was like, no, I'm like the last year of the demo. Like That was really strange. So after I went into a deep depression, and thank God for my mom and my best friend, um, they would... they. I didn't want to celebrate turning 50 and they wouldn't let me get away with that. So thank God for them. But this is kind of a funny story. I was about 50 and a half and I was at my uh, 10 year old daughter's uh, spring recital and she's playing the flute and I'm really excited, but I, but I get a hot flash. <laughs> and one of the moms next to me looks over and is like, wow, you're getting really emotional for this concert. And I started laughing to myself and I'm like, don't worry, you're going to be getting really emotional too in about 10 years. But it dawned on me, she didn't see me as a middle-aged woman. You know, she didn't see me like how my mom was when she was, you know, in her fifties. And I was like, wow, here is a 30 something year old woman who just sees me like her. What is my deal with this hang up with this age, with this number, with, you know, the 18 to 49 that was drilled into me for so long in my career. So I immediately started thinking, okay, I'm sure there are other women that are like me. How can I help them? So going to my roots, um, I was like, I'm going to create a podcast. I want to create a podcast to fire up midlife women. So I know the owner of the local radio stations, Fred Manning, and I called up Fred and I'm like, Fred, I have an idea. He's like, okay, come into the office. So just like any like regular television show pitch deck, I put a bit pitch deck together for the new mid podcast, walked into his office he got through about page four and he's like, sold. And I was like, great. So you're <laughs> going to give me a half an hour on your radio station? And he said, yes, and we'll turn it into a podcast. So he gave me, oh. yeah. So it's been about two years now. And through doing the podcast, a lot of midlife women were coming and asking me for advice and for help. And I was talking to my coach and my coach was like, Michelle, you need to be a coach. And I was like, you think so? And, and I've always helped people. And I was a coach for my daughter's basketball team, you know, being an executive, I mentored, you know, the, the, um, the people below me. So it was sort of a natural step for me to become a coach for midlife women. And now I have this amazing blossoming 
academy that the women are just doing incredible. So it's just been this wonderful ride um, and I'm so grateful for it. So yes, so That's that awesome. is how the new mid was created. That's awesome. I love that. I love how you just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my idea. I'm going for it. Well, you know what? It's and I tell the women all the time, like you have to take the leap of faith. We don't have as many sands in the hourglass as we used to. We're 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 not over the hill. I will, we are still climbing. <laughs> we still have a lot to accomplish in our lives. But at the same time, this is the perfect time to do it. We're still young enough. We're still healthy enough. Um, we really want to use our experience because there's a lot of things that you know we've gotten beaten up along the way and recovered and and kicked butt so now it's the time to take all of that and then create what you want like you can absolutely do that and go for it and i'm a living example of it yes i love it so speaking of going for it as you know the name of our podcast is we thrive so what does that word thrive mean to you you know, it's funny because I love the word thrive. Like, I'm a little jealous that that's the name of your podcast. <laughs> that is a great name. <laughs> Our tagline really is develop, emerge, thrive. So I was like, our end goal is to get people to thrive. Why not name it We Thrive? <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, great name. And, and it is such a great word. Even saying the word thrive, like, doesn't that get you fired up? Doesn't it make you want to do something? Yeah, and that's what thriving is. Thriving is pushing through, you know, your obstacles, getting out of your comfort zone and taking that leap of faith. Because even if you don't say it doesn't go exactly the way you want to, you learn, so then you know the next time you don't do that, you do something else. And that's how you thrive. And I always like to talk to people about enjoying the process because you're thriving just doing it. And it's funny because a lot of authors, you know, they'll they'll be writing their books and then, you know, it's it can be painful, you know, that little cursor and what am I going to do and the blinking light and everything. And then they'll finish their book. And believe it or not, quite a few of them have said, they get really sad when they finish. And you think, no, wait, that's the goal, right? That's the goal line. And they'll be a little bummed because they'll, they lose the characters like, okay, but they've really enjoyed the process. Yeah. And that's what I talk about to all my clients is, you know, it's a journey. It's the journey. Yes. Let's get to the finish line and then let's create another one because yep. <laughs> we're always like, come on, let's go. Right. And that's what I think thriving is. Thriving is getting out of your comfort zone. Thriving is taking a leap of faith and enjoying the process, the good, the bad, the ugly, the triumphs, the tears, all of it, because that's what is an enriching life. Don't play it safe. Like it's boring just treading water where you are. Like, come on, let's like swim. Let's like catch the wave. Let's do this. Yeah. I love that. I just came back from a women's leadership summit and like everything that you're saying is just lining up with that. And I'm like, oh, she's speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? You are talking about thriving. So absolutely. You know, we're, we're on the same wavelength. I love this. I love that you're doing this. I love this podcast. And I think what you are doing is incredible. So 
Well, thank you very much. So as you have mentioned, we all kind of hit those obstacles. So tell me about some obstacles aside from being 49 <laughs> that you kind of encountered. Actually, you know, do you mind if I tell you a fun story? This is this is an interesting obstacle. When I was younger, I think I was 35, 35, 36. I decided to do an Ironman. How crazy is that, right? Wow. So that's 24 miles swim, 112 mile bike and a marathon. And literally one month before my race, I got into an accident. I was doing a century ride in Palm Springs and we were at mile 52 and some, some person, I was in a Peloton, took out my back tire. And the next thing I knew, I was looking at my friends and they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, let's just keep going. So I finished it. I finished the race. But then when we got home, I found out I had a broken finger and I had a torn PCL. I had tore my posterior cruciate ligament. And this was literally one month before the Ironman race. Now it's in New Zealand. Our friends, my friends and I we were like, because uh, we had done half Ironmans and stuff, and we were sitting around, and we we're like, let's do an Ironman. We're like, okay, but let's do it somewhere cool. So we picked New Zealand. <laughs> so here I am, and also cool, and the other thing was, is where can we get in? <laughs> so luckily, New Zealand took us. So here I am, one month before, I have a torn PCL, and luckily, I had this amazing physical therapist in Santa Monica who put me back together, totally Humpty Dumpty. I was in there five days a week. So I get to New Zealand. It's so exciting. The people there are amazing. And two days before the race, because I was like going to all the booths and walking around everywhere, I couldn't walk. I could not walk. So I had to stay, stay, stay on the couch the entire day before the race and pray that my knee would cooperate. Oh, wow. So luckily, yeah, luckily, you know, I got up that morning and I'm like, okay. And it was like, all right, I think I can do this. Like, let's go. So, um, I get there, I do the swim, uh, swims. Okay. Get out of the water, hop on my bike. And then we have, we happen to have a day in New Zealand that it is like all four seasons in one day, super hot and sweaty <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen. So I'm riding and I get about halfway through the ride and my knee starts to talk to me. Uh -oh. And I also start to get a stomach ache and I'm like, okay, this is not cool. So I make it through the bike ride and then it starts to get cold and rainy and I get off my, my bike and I start to head out on the marathon. Here I go, 26.2 miles and the winners start finishing. Okay. So mentally that's a bit of a bummer because <laughs> it's like, I'm just starting and they're finishing, but that's okay. So I get out there and it starts to get darker. It starts to get colder. My knee starts to scream at me and it starts to tell me it doesn't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm out here. It's in the dark. I'm all by myself. And that is when you you kind of find out what you're made of. Like, are you going to let this stop you or are you going to keep going? And then I, I had these kids on their bikes, you know, cheering, come on, you can do it. Aww. And just those little angels, those little voices, I was like, you know what? I can do it. I am going to do it. It took me a little over 15 hours, but I crossed that finish line and that was wow. pretty powerful. So that was really neat. I kind of collapsed after, <laughs> but I did it. I made it across. 
So yeah, that was, that was a lot of grit and a lot of self-belief and just don't stop. It doesn't matter. Don't stop. Just keep going, keep believing in yourself. And before you know it, one foot in front of the other, you'll get there. And, yeah. and, and I'm so glad I didn't stop. I'm so glad I finished. Yeah. So you said about believing in yourself. Did you give yourself like any affirmations along the way? <laughs> or like, you telling yourself to get through that? I can do it. You know what? You can do this. You can absolutely do this. You've trained for this. I know you have an injury, but you know what? It's only temporary. You can absolutely do this and worry about what's going to happen to your knee when you cross that finish line, because wow. you only live once. You only have this shot in New Zealand once, you know, let's do this. And you just keep going. You don't stop. That's the, that's the killer. If I would have stopped and sat down, I don't know if I would have gotten back up. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I just literally kept putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes if that's all you can do, if sometimes all you can do is get up in the morning, get out of bed, brush your teeth and get through the day, that's okay. You did it. That's a win yeah. because you know what? The next day it might be a little easier. And then the day after that, it could be easier and you never know what, what's around the corner. So just don't stop. Don't, don't put the sheets over your head, get out of bed and make your bed. You know, I love it. I absolutely love the positivity. So aside from your self-talk, what are some other resources that you've used to overcome some of your personal obstacles? I like to write a lot. I'm a huge journal. I believe in journaling. Mm -hmm. When you get it out of your head, because a lot of us are in here, right? We're yeah. like, oh my gosh, what? What's up with that hamster wheel in your head of negativity or you know, worry, anxiety? So when you put pen to paper and you write it down and you do this huge brain dump, mm -hmm. it is amazing how much better you'll feel. And then you can read over it and go, wow, I'm worried about that. You know, it gives you a little bit of perspective as well. Yeah. But also it just kind of, it, it's a release. It's amazing what a release that can give to you to, 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 but you have to physically do pen to paper, not type it on a computer, not just talking to a friend or whatever, but giving yourself that space to put it down. And then, you know, and then I like going for walks to clear my head. I think any type of movement mm -hmm. is, is really powerful. So having that movement, writing it down and then trusting either trusting if you believe in god or the universe know that they have your back you know it will if you just keep going it might not be tomorrow it might not be the next day but things will change things will happen for you it yeah. will yeah absolutely i i actually i appreciate you sharing that um I just came back from the women's leadership summit that I was telling you about. And I, when I left, I left with a backed up septic. Wow. <laughs> when I came back, <laughs> the septic was still acting crazy. However, on that trip, I was put into a position where I had to camp for an extended period of time with no bathroom. So you want to talk about a major shift in the way I was thinking, you know, it's like, yes, this septic is causing me a great deal of stress. 
However, I just didn't have a bathroom for a while, you know? So when you really take the time, like you said, to step back, whether it's journaling or doing that movement or anything, it's pretty powerful how we can shift our brains to be like, you know, this is okay. Like it's going to be better. It's all how you frame it. It's mm-hmm. all how you want to look at it. And, you know, so much, I tell everyone it begins and ends with mindset. Yeah. And, you know, Tony Robbins, he always says, everything is working for you. And you're like, really? <laughs> I don't know about that, Tony. Come on. Are you sure? And, and sure enough, if you really do take that on, if you really take on, okay, everything is working for me, mm-hmm. it is amazing how you can make everything work for you. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it is, it's just that little tweak. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say this and I love it so much, but tweaking that from I have to, to I get to, yes. you know, and that's with your septic tank. I get to fix my septic tank. Thank God. Yeah. Right. Instead of I have to fix it. I get to, I have one. Yeah. Like I just didn't have any kind of, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because can I tell you, I used to be an adventure racer too. Have you oh, heard gosh. of that? adventure racing? You literally put everything you have on your backpack, in your backpack, on your back, and you hike in and you mountain bike ride and you kayak and everything is, it, you pack in, you take it out. And so they call it one socking. Oh, <laughs> so if you see someone who's in a race and they only have one sock, that's because they've had to use the restroom out there in the wild. Ah. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so there is a sock buried somewhere. <laughs> so if I go digging somewhere and find a sock, don't pick it up. <laughs> don't pick it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> too, too funny. <laughs> so that's a heck of a way to uh, remember things. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you're hiking and you see someone with only one sock, you'll know why now. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, talking about remembering stuff, so talk to me a little bit about legacy and what that word means to you and how you're creating a legacy for yourself. It's interesting having daughters when I did. I had my first daughter at 40 and my second at 42. And so being an older mom, has been really powerful for me because I'm more confident. I'm more comfortable in my skin, but I am older. So it's funny compared to some of the younger moms, I'm a little more strict. You know, I'm a little more old school. I might not have as much energy um, as the younger moms, but I feel a lot more present Um, not, I mean, they're all the moms are present. We have great moms, but I just have a little more life in my, in me than than the younger moms. And so having my own business has been amazing to show my daughters that I can do this, you know, that this is what I have to do. And also it was interesting because I was talking to, I was, I was being interviewed yesterday and they were talking about this whole self-care thing. And I said to them, it's so important to take care of yourself so that your kids see it because I want to break the cycle of feeling guilty about taking care of myself Mm -hmm. because most of us in midlife, we've been grown up taking care of everybody else. And if we like 
if we at all think about, oh no, wait, I don't want to do that because I want to do something for myself, we feel guilty. Yeah. But you know what? That's actually so how can you run on empty? You know, mm -hmm. your car can't run on empty. You know, your batteries can't run on empty. Your phone, you got to recharge it. Even your phone, sometimes you have to turn off for it to work. Yeah. And your computer too. So we, we need to as well. So showing, being the example for my daughters, you know, I can have my own business. I can, you know, do self-care. All of that, I think, is so important for them. So that's the type of legacy that I'm hopefully leaving them. And also showing a little bit more um, self-love, you know, self-confidence and, and letting them know, you know, hey, it's okay to not always fit in. It's okay to march to your own drum. You know, you're going to be just fine. And so we have a lot of those types of conversations. So I, I hope that I'm leaving the legacy of, of confident, well-rounded, um, self-loving, self-caring two little souls that I've been blessed to be raising. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, yesterday, I just um, booked an appointment for a tattoo that will say, here I stand and the world will adjust, which wow. reminds me of what you were just saying. Like, you don't have to fit in all the time. Okay, so how old are you, can I ask? 34. Okay, yeah, you are totally in the tattoo world. <laughs> 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 my little one will love you yeah I'm like I'm scared of needles like oh it's fine <laughs> it goes numb after a while <laughs> actually you know what's so funny is so my little one who just turned 10 for her 10th birthday she wanted to get her ears pierced so we were in Los Angeles and uh her auntie my best friend um, Q, she, I was like, okay, Quian, you got to find a great place to get Sienna's ears pierced. And she wants you to come with her. And she's like, oh, honey, I'm going to get my third ear. I'm going to get my third hole. And I was like, okay. So she's like, I've got the perfect place. So guess where she took us? To, to a tattoo parlor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there we were, my little one at 10, getting her ears pierced. And there's a guy getting a huge tattoo on his on his leg. And then there was another lady laying on her stomach, getting a huge tattoo on her back. And I was like, welcome to LA. Here you go, honey. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but he did a great job. The guy who, who did her earrings, he was all tatted up as well and had tons of piercings, but you know, I, I loved it. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. That's funny that she's like, well, I never even knew you could do that at 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's in there experiencing it all. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there was a, a, a little flavorful language, but. <laughs> she's, honey, don't do that. <laughs> this is what you don't do. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know. Awesome. So I'm sure you've shared a lot of nuggets with your daughters specifically around, you know, self-love, like you said, and creating that legacy that you want to create. So what are some nuggets you have for our listeners, whether it's personal or professional? You know, it's funny, but routines are so powerful. You talked about mantras and affirmations, what I say to myself. Well, routines, having a morning and evening routine is mm -hmm 
incredibly powerful. And if you don't have one, I highly suggest it. And it doesn't have to take too long and you don't have to meditate for half an hour or, you know, do all of these crazy things. Here's a couple simple things that you can do. It takes five to 10 minutes. The first thing you should do in the morning, open your eyes and say, thank you. Having that gratitude, just thank you for another day. I always say, thank you and help me be productive first things out of my mouth or my mind when I wake up. I'm like, okay, thank you. Help me be productive. And then I'll, the first thing you should put into your body before you have your coffee or your tea is warm lemon water. What happens is, is the, and use a straw. What happens is, is the lemon goes in as acidic, but it then is turns to alkaline in your stomach and it helps to break the fast because hopefully you've stopped eating where you have at least 12 hours of not eating so that it helps your uh, organs you know energize and refresh so saying thank you having warm lemon water then setting an intention so what is it that you want your day to look like and believe it or not, if you think about the end of the day in mind, so think about as you're getting out of bed, you're thinking, okay, back in bed, how did I, how do I want to feel about my day? Mm -hmm. Do I want to feel joyful? Do I want to feel calm? Do I want to feel patient? Do I want to feel energetic? Do I want to have courage? Do I need balance? Like using positive language and write it down. Studies have shown that you're 33% more likely to get it done if you write it down. So write it down. And you can do this if you have like a journal, if you wanted to journal in the morning, write a couple things you're grateful for, write down what your intention is. Maybe that's what you want to journal. I personally put it on a calendar, which I love because then I can look at it like the whole month. I'm like, oh, this is what I was doing. You know, this is how I felt. Um, and then I can look back at other months, or I like to say to, to, to people, if you need just to use a back of an envelope, that's fine too. Just write it down. Yeah. And then if you can just do some type of movement, stretching or, um, you know, doing a couple neck rolls, just something to wake up your body, you know, doing a couple toe touches, you know, any, any type of movement. And that is a great way to start your day, just like that, just that, that's simple, right? And then at nighttime, when you're brushing your teeth, look in the mirror and look at yourself, look in your eyes and say, what went right today? What did not go so well today? And what can I do tomorrow? And it is so powerful to do that and to be looking at yourself while you're doing that. And then there's all different kinds of things that you can do before you go to sleep. You know, take a cold shower is one. Um, have your legs up against the wall for five to 20 minutes is another. You know, writing in your journal what you're grateful for, doing a brain up, all of those things, whatever that is, if you want to do them or not do them. You know, there's all things about sleep, which you can look into. But my one thing that if you don't take anything away from any of this conversation that we're having about thriving, the one thing I would leave you with is pillow talk. So before you go to sleep at night, the last thing you read, say, listen to, watch should be positive. Mm -hmm. So I have, I'll change my positive affirmations by my bed and I'll read it before I go to sleep. And you know what? I'm going to suggest 
that you write down on a piece of paper, write down everything is working for me. Go for it. Come on, let's do that, Tony Robbins. Write down on that piece of paper, everything is working for me. And read that before you turn the light out for the next 30 days. Do it 30 days in a row. And you will be amazed how different you will wake up in the morning. I love it. I definitely do. I So I do five things to win the day. So I always write those out, but I've never thought about setting the intention about how you want to feel. So that's brilliant. I will definitely (laughs) be taking that into my self-care. So yeah, I definitely love that. Very, very good. Now my brain is like churning. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I have to admit, like you didn't talk for a minute and I'm like, uh-oh, did I say something wrong? So I'm like, okay, good. You were thinking about it. No, yeah. <laughs> I was in tune, taking I was mental like, notes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a friend who says, every time I get quiet, I'm processing it. Like I'm tracking with you, just I'm processing. So that's how I was definitely in tune. So absolutely. So is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners that you haven't said? that, you know, might've popped in your head? Well, you know, I just have to say, because I do talk to midlife women, age is just a number. You know, I had, I had my, my academy, we meet every Tuesday night and we go over different things. And every month we have a different book that we read. And the last book that we read was Why Did I Come Into This Room by Joan London? Because it's a great book for midlife women. She breaks it up into um, mind, body, and soul. And one of the things she talked about is a trip she went to Morocco and there was a woman there who was setting up tents and they, she was amazing. Like you could tell Joan describes it, that she was like the matriarch telling everybody what to do. And she was like setting up these tents and taking them down. She was just amazing. And so she asked her guide, how old is she? She was just kind of wondering, and she could tell from the sun that her skin was weathered, but she wasn't quite sure her age. And they kind of looked at her puzzled, like, what do you mean how old she is? And they're like, what's her age? And they're like, oh, they don't have calendars. Nobody has a birth certificate. They don't have any age. They just live. Wow. Can you imagine that? So I asked the women in the group, if you didn't have a birth certificate, how old would you say you are? What's your age? What age do you think you are? And it is such a powerful thing to think about. And just remember, even though it says it on the birth certificate, you are as old as you feel. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful wherever you're at. And just remember, we're never guaranteed tomorrow. We're only guaranteed today. So each day is precious. Set those daily intentions, write your pillow talk, and don't worry about your age. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Well, thank you again for joining us. It has definitely been a pleasure. It's been amazing and keep thriving. I love this group. I love what you guys are doing. And again, I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We're grateful to have you. And we're also grateful for Stephen Lamar Moore, who is our music sponsor for the podcast. So thank you again, Michelle. It has definitely been great talking with you. Thank you. You're welcome.